Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee is on the line, and thank you. Matter of fact, I, I was, we'll get to the reparations, but you did uh, make a very strong statement uh, about WNBA star uh, Brittany Reiner. Uh, and who, by the way, I think is from your district, if I'm not mistaken, correct? She is a very proud, very proud native daughter of the 18th Congressional District, Houston, Texas, uh, and of course, the state of Texas and the nation. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, and and you want to reiterate from for this audience what your your statement uh, was. Well, immediately when we learned in Houston uh, that our uh, Brittany Griner, world-renowned WNBA player, probably one of the best in the league in its history, Olympian, outstanding high school and uh, college player, but more importantly, a person who'd give you the shirt off her back, loving, and everybody loved and loved Brittany. And I just immediately said, demanded for her release as a lawyer. And someone who serves on the Homeland Security Committee, I know uh, the protocols generally of customs officers. Uh, They can confiscate what they think is not right and send you on your way, meaning send you out the country or send you with some sort of reprimand. There's no need to uh, take someone into detention for what may be a minuscule um, uh, amount of whatever the contraband seems to be. I don't in any way concede that she had anything, uh, frankly. I, I'm not going to concede that. And for me, she is innocent. And so my position is that her detention, her arrest was totally unnecessary. She was a renowned, well-known player for the UMMC in Russia. Uh, she had been there for several years without any uh, action other than her action on the court. So you can't tell me that a uh, regally tall African-American woman is not a noteworthy person that everyone in Russia knows. That's the first thing. The second thing is, even if she was detained, her detention should have been abbreviated and brief. Now, there are other uh, persons of U.S. uh, citizenship held brutally in Russia, another fellow Texan, a Marine, two Marines. Mm-hmm. So this is a bad precedent that Russia does. They hold people on bogus and uh, ill-fated charges. With her, uh, you want to do two things, not elevate her uh, to make her even more of a target. And I want to respect the privacy of her family. And I want to ask everyone who's listening to me to literally lift a prayer for Brittany. She is also, um, uh, as, as a person who has proudly acknowledged her uh, lifestyle, LGBTQ, um, and so she represents um, a very difficult circumstance for Russia. But my, my position is that, one, uh, there is something uh, very suspicious uh, when the United States Embassy has yet to be able in the last couple of days, even up to date, this is now into the fourth week, not able to see her. I exerted and, ex- and indicated the sovereignty of the United States and other nations in the international protocols, you should not be prevented from seeing uh, your uh, detainees in another country. And that has been the case. We are pushing for that 
uh, to happen. And we're pushing for America to get aggressive, even in the midst of this violent, vile conflict that is going on where Putin is murdering babies uh, in Ukraine. But this should not be in the conflict. And so we are all pushing. I uh, spoke to the president. I submitted directly to him a letter, raised it to him in a meeting that we had. Um, and my colleagues have been supportive uh, from different areas of the state and around the nation. But again, we're trying to follow the legal protocols. My only comment to those who are listening, we have our challenges here in the United States. This is a democracy versus autocracy. I can't really nail down any legitimate legal system that Russia has at all. The only legal system they have uh, is a uh, crazed uh, dictator who has now lost all boundaries in the murderous rampage that he is doing against democracy and the people of Ukraine. So we are working every day, um, thinking of ways to be um, appropriate. And I say that uh, to say that if there is a legal system, we don't want to disrupt it and cause uh, the um, worst response. Mm-hmm. But we are monitoring uh, and uh, not letting uh, Brittany get off uh, our attention. I want everybody right. to know prayers are welcome for sure, Joe. I appreciate it. Um, it was about a year ago, I believe, that uh, you were on with me and uh, we were discussing H.R. 40. Um, you, we've now learned, if I'm not mistaken, you, you now you have the votes uh, to, uh, to support H.R. 40. And for the sake of listeners that maybe don't remember, what is the mission of of H.R. 40 as it relates to reparations? H.R. 40 has a very important mission. It will be the only and the first legislation in the history of the United States and the history of the life of the descendants of enslaved Africans who served 246 years in bondage, the only population in the United States that can unfortunately claim that dastardly history, never were compensated, paid for, protected, uh, and still carried on with all of the requirements of citizenship, shed blood in the military uh, wars of centuries, um, have come to work to build this country. Slaves in particular built the White House, built the Capitol, uh, did everything that uh, one would imagine patriots would do. This, for the first time, says that the nation will pause uh, and have a a commission uh, that has the ability of hearings across America, academicians, economists, sociologists, and others that will address the long-term impact of slavery on the descendants of enslaved Africans and begin to craft the repair, uh, the healing, the restoration by actually developing reparation proposals. Uh, It is not the entity that does anything with distribution of anything, but it will do something historic that has never been done before. And that is uh, to have the nation at the highest levels uh, to assess slavery, what it did for the nation, and what it did uh, to the longstanding inequities that you find even today in the African-American community. Now, will the hearings uh, of Congresswoman uh, Jackson Lee, will the hearings uh, take place in Washington, or will there be hearings, I think I heard you correctly, around the country? That is the intent to make sure that we are around the country and hear uh, from persons in different parts of the country. 
slavery, as we have come to understand, was not relegated to the states of the Deep South. The impact, either by way of fleeing slaves, uh, African Americans were found who has, uh, all over the nation uh, that were impacted by slavery, as evidenced by um, Isabella Bumphrey, which was later known as Sojourner Truth. She wound up uh, in the New England area, but she mm-hmm. was first a slave. And as the poem says, she had 13 children, and, uh, and those children were sold into slavery. Uh, how much of a burden had so many people felt? Um, in in terms of uh, who will how will this com- how will this com- the members of the commission be selected? Uh, they will be a combination of uh, presidential and congressional um, uh, appointees, individuals who are well deserved because of their scholarly research, their knowledge. Uh, we will try to reach. Uh, a wide uh, breadth of individuals uh, to ensure a wide uh, response uh, that can be um, embracing by everyone. We want the report to be embraced by everyone and to be a living document to begin to see changes in this country that we've not seen. I have had um, I've had a, 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 some callers and I've, boy, I've had to wave them off uh, that have said that. Uh, this is just a waste of time, and you've probably have been uh, you've probably have heard about this, but there's a group out here that says no one unless they are an American slave, I believe is the argument they're making should that should even that there should never be any consideration for anyone else, I guess Caribbeans or people uh from the Caribbean that uh were part of the uh, the slave trade, and, and and what was the name of that organization? Because Mark Thompson got into it with them. Um, but your, your but your response to that? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not as clear about the, this group. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. First of all, as a legislator, uh, every voice is welcomed under the tent. But my direct charge uh, is for the larger embracing response to slavery. And that is that in my lifetime and in the lifetime of anyone who happens to be black, African-American, there has never been a governmental agency that is tasked with the actual working responsibility of assessing slavery and developing those reparation proposals. I'm not going to presuppose uh, those who will be appointed, uh, who have been thoroughly vetted, to do the work that is so crucial. Uh, Legislators have to look at the big picture, which is, have we ever had this kind of research and this kind of potential for a breakthrough, big umbrella, big tent solutions? When I look at the indicia of this uh, population of people, we fall, not that we're not outstanding individuals, but we fall collectively down in things such as fourth graders who are African-American who can read at grade level. We fall as it relates to wealth, 17, 000, between 13 and 17,000 for a family of four African-Americans to 170,000 for white families. Health concerns. We are plagued with diabetes, stroke, heart disease, cancer at a higher level. Uh, enough is enough. 
And Fannie Lou Hamer said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. So my focus will be on getting this commission up and running for it to do its work uh, and to be able to instruct the best policies and solutions that will begin to ease the burden that we've carried for centuries. One of them may be uh, that an HBCU never closes, that we'll never have to worry about the institutions who produce most of the intelligentsia of African-Americans ever struggling to stay open. So I'm not going to presuppose uh, what I'm going to say is we will listen to all voices, Joe. And I know you've heard okay. those voices, uh, but yeah. we're listening to all Yeah, the, it was the organization American Descendants of Slaves. Mm. Uh, that was that was the group. But your point is, and I made this point to those callers. They're welcome to 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 be to to be heard. That, and and I think I was accurate. You just substantiated that they're they're welcome too. Um, ab- go ahead. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, we're not closing the door, but what we are doing is, uh, you know, this this may be the singular opportunity. We're going to do serious work, uh, and. Um, we're going to look to uh, ensure that the accuracy of science uh, about who is and who is not um, is going to be done by that commission. Okay. We look, um, not to include, yeah. we look not to exclude. We look to include. All right. Let me thank you. I appreciate it. And, and really, uh, 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 and, and do you know when the vote might take place in the House? We're looking at many strategies. And so, uh, we are in discussions about that now, and okay. breaking news will come out. We hope uh, in the next, in, in the next, as they say, in the next soon, as soon as we as we can. You know, let <laughs> okay. it, right. we've been in Washington it. a long time. Let, let me also just uh, say I want to congratulate um, my uh, colleague, uh, Congressman Bobby Rush. I was an original co-sponsor, and and you will see why HR 40 is needed in 2022 for the first time in history through the Emmett Till bill. We uh, created the Emmett Till anti-lynching, and it is now 2022 that we've made federal law uh, that uh, lynching is against federal law. If you can imagine, it is a great need for H.R. 40. So I want to congratulate the House and Senate, and the president uh, will be soon signing it. uh, But in any event, it is now federal law to uh, lynch. It is against uh, federal law, federal criminal statutes to lynch anyone in the United States. And this yeah. had to come in 2022. You see why I'm years. going to be focused on bigger picture oh, with yeah. HR. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had the uh, distinct pleasure of uh, my first opportunity to be at the enrollment bill signing. Yeah. And, uh, and I got to tell you, it was, uh, it was, uh, I, I was so proud of Bobby Rush. He, yeah. He stuck with it, and and the and by the way, the Congressional Black Caucus, and you know, you got to give credit to Steny Hoyer because right. he he followed through, and uh, and then of course, it, you know, you signing on to it as a co-sponsor. Uh, that's why I always tell folks, you know, before you call up the Madison Show, y'all better check in and and quit all this. They don't do anything. Uh, may not always get reported, uh, but they uh, you. All of you, ladies, gentlemen, all of you have been uh, very busy and up against some tremendous odds. So I say to you, thank you, uh, 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 Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee, for being one of the co-sponsors. Appreciate it. And I'll look forward to the breaking news when the, when the uh, 
a reparation bill comes up for a vote. Thank you very much for taking the time being with us. Thank you. I'm glad you mentioned our leadership, Cindy Hoyer and Jim Clyburn, uh, Schumer yep. and Nancy and others. Thank you so very much. And of course, the Congressional Black Caucus, Joyce Beatty and all the team really were, and the Judiciary Committee really fought to keep that going. Thank you so Thank very you. much. All right, Ben. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.